Hello and welcome to A Murderous Affair. My name is Gabrielle and this is the podcast where we talk about women in history known for mayhem and murder. This week we're actually talking about a group of women known as the Mirabal Sisters. Now, the Mirabal Sisters were activists who were really active in the Dominican Republic around the 1950s um, and they were known for protesting against the dictator Rafael Trujillo. So we are focusing more on the mayhem side than the murder side. Um, but let's go ahead and get started. I want to go ahead and I always forget to do this at the beginning so I'm going to do it now. Um, our sources today are Wikipedia and the uh, amazing website that I always use, rejectedprincesses.com. Um, if you guys haven't checked out that website, I get so much inspiration from there and it's a really amazing site run by a really wonderful person and basically it's got tons of cool stories on there that you can check out. Like I said, our story first takes place in the Dominican Republic of the 1950s, which was, as it said in Rejected Princesses, a totalitarian nightmare. It was not until a group of sisters slapped Trujillo, the dictator, that the nation finally found the courage to follow their example and overthrow this dictator. So a little bit about Trujillo. He was officially president from 1930 to 1938 and from 1942 to 52, but basically ruled behind the scenes as a dictator from 1930 until his eventual assassination in 1961. We're talking about the Mirabel family, who were farmers from the central Chibao region of the Dominican Republic and had a farm in the village of Ojo de Agua. They were raised by their parents Enrique Mirabel Fernandez and Mercedes Reyes Camilo. And really weird fact, apparently once Rafael Trujillo took power, it was customary to have a picture of him in the household of basically every house in the Dominican Republic. But the Mirabal house never had a picture of Trujillo and that was part of like just one of the many ways that they would go against his regime. So the oldest was Patria Mercedes Mirabal Reyes. She was born on February 27th, 1924 and lived until November 25th, 1960. Basically how horrible Trujillo was. Patria had three children and she's quoted as most saying that, quote, we cannot allow our children to grow up in this corrupt and tyrannical regime. We have to fight against it and I am willing to give up everything, even my life, if necessary. The second oldest sister was Belica Adela Mirabal Reyes. Um, she was born on March 1st, 1925 and lived until February 1st, 2014 and was commonly known as Didi. She did not go to college, which I think she was the only one of her sisters to not go to college, but um, instead decided that she wanted to stay home and kind of take on the role of the traditional homemaker and actually helped out her father with the family business. Um, she would end up taking over the family finances and not really get involved in the sister's political work. Mostly it's thought because her husband at the time, he didn't want her getting involved because it was dangerous. The third daughter was Maria Argentina Minerva Maribel Reyes and she was commonly known as Minerva. At the age of 12, she went and followed her older sister Patria to the Colegio Immaculada Concepcion and in 1949 is when she actually became really involved and invested in this fight against Rafael Trujillo. What could possibly make a, not even a teenager, like a preteen, get so involved and so against the dictator, you may be wondering. Trujillo had these things called beauty scouts 
that would scour and look through the countryside for girls who were very, very young and find them for him to kidnap or basically just do whatever he wanted with them. At this point, when Minerva was in her early preteens, she and her family ended up going to some kind of party that involved the school that she was going to, and it was there that Trujillo heard of her or her, his beauty scout saw her and her family was again and later invited to a more private party that Trujillo had. Um, it was at this party that Trujillo made more sexual advances towards Minerva, who ended up slapping him when he continued to press the issue. So she was a brilliant student and she wanted to go to law school, but it took a lot of convincing on her behalf and her sister's behalf to have her parents like agree to send her because they were so worried about what Trujillo would do. When she was in law school, when she finally did start, at her second year, Minerva found out she was being barred from classes until she gave a public speech that told about the great virtues that Trujillo had. She ended up graduating law school as summa cum laude and the government denied her a license of, to practice law because of Trujillo's orders and stripped her law degree of any formality. So not only did she go to law school, she graduated summa cum laude. It was then stripped and pulled down to nothing and she wasn't even allowed to be officially a lawyer because of this grudge that Trujillo held against her. Youngest sister, Antonia Maria Teresa, commonly known as Maria Teresa, was the fourth and youngest daughter. Um, she attended the Colegio Inmaculada Concepcion and graduated from the Liceo de San Francisco de Macorís in 1954 and would later go on to the University of Santo Domingo where she studied mathematics and you know, in a way that really kind of makes me respect her. She dated someone named Leandro Guzman, and while dating, before Leandro was even allowed to hold her hand, she asked him how his family felt about Trujillo, and it was only after his, his response that, quote, there's no problem at home, that was the first thing I learned to hate Trujillo, that he was allowed to hold her hand. And eventually, after she finished her education, um, she got married. She, they ended up getting married. She once said, quote, Perhaps what we have most near is death, but that idea does not frighten me. We shall continue to fight for that which is just. After Minerva first refused Trujillo's advances, um, her father was a political prisoner. He was imprisoned and brutally treated. And even after he was released, he died because of his injuries short, a short time after. And this is when the sister Didi would go ahead and take over kind of the family's finances and run the family business. Sometime after her father's death, Minerva and her mother went to uh, went on a visit to the capital of Santo Domingo, and while they were there, they were kept as prisoners in their hotel by Trujillo's guards and told that if Minerva slept with Trujillo, they would be released and allowed to go about their business but she refused and eventually she and her mother with the help of some of the workers and just sheer luck it seems like were able to escape. So that's only some of the ways that he would toy personally with the Mirabal family's life. Minerva actually was the first unsurprisingly to get involved with opposing the regime and then her younger sister Maria Teresa and it's funny how the younger ones were the ones to kind of get the ball rolling in the activism department. You know it just kind of reminds me of now like you hear of so many more activists who are younger, who are protesting against 
um, just various things like Greta Thunderberg with climate change. But it's just really kind of cool to see that this isn't a new thing. This is something that's been going on for a while, like that we can recognize. And, you know, so anyway, I just thought that was an interesting fact was that it was the two younger sisters who actually ended up getting involved first and then pulling the rest of their family into it. So Maria Teresa ended up joining in after she stayed at Minerva's house and learned about her activities. And then Patria joined after she witnessed a massacre by some of Trujillo's men while she was on a religious retreat, which how insane is that, you know? And then the only sister who really didn't actively join was Dede. Minerva, Maria Teresa, and Patria um, got a group together who opposed the Trujillo regime and called themselves the 14th of June movement in honor of those that were tortured and killed on the 14th of June 1959 for speaking out against Trujillo. They would distribute pamphlets about the people that Trujillo had killed and actually end up obtaining materials for guns and bombs when they eventually revolted. Like that wasn't even like an idea of oh maybe this will happen. It was a plan for when we have enough people to openly revolt against this regime. This is what we all need. The sisters had their own name for themselves called Las Mariposas. Uh, this movement was created and then after, within a few weeks after its founding, um, Patria's house was burnt to the ground and Maria Teresa and Minerva were arrested. Luckily for them, they were not tortured thanks to the fact that there was actually a lot of international opposition to Trujillo's regime and they had called a lot of attention to it. Patria was never arrested, but her husband and son were thrown in jail, as well as Minerva and Maria Teresa's husbands. And they were in jailed until the Organization of American States actually went against Trujillo's actions and sent um, advisors and observers to the country to see what was actually happening there. Now, Minerva and Maria Teresa were freed, but their husbands stayed in prison. But when Trujillo's political fortunes continued to get worse, despite all of the male conspirators being in prison, he began to blame the Mirabel sisters for all of his problems, and it was then that he ordered them killed. In order to do this, Trujillo transferred their husbands to a remote jail that required that made them travel across this mountain range. And the three sisters knew that this would be a trap, and all their friends begged them not to visit their husbands, but they did so anyway. And of course, they were ambushed by secret police in a mountain pass. Patria, seeing that this was coming quickly, got out of the Jeep and ran to a nearby truck, told the driver who they were and what was about to happen, that they were about to be ambushed and possibly killed, and to spread the word. And it was then that the, after the truck quickly spread off that she got back into the Jeep and just waited with her sisters. They were separated, strangled, and clubbed to death, and then the bodies were gathered and put into their Jeep, which was then run off the mountain road in an attempt to make their deaths look like an accident. Trujillo didn't last long in office after this point. The Mirabel's death served as a catalyst for overthrowing Trujillo, and about six months later, military leaders assassinated him. Now, of course, obviously, there were many factors that play in his downfall, but in the words of one historian, quote, the cowardly killing of three beautiful women in such a manner had a greater effect on Dominicans than most of Trujillo's other crimes. It did something to their machismo. They could never forgive Trujillo this crime. And after he was assassinated on May 30th, 1961, General Papul Roman admitted to having personal knowledge that the sisters were killed by Trujillo's right-hand man and other members of his secret police force. Since three of the sisters 
had died, Dee Dee was the fourth sister and she, because she did not get as involved, she ended up, after the murders of her sisters, she took in their children. And between 1992 and 1994, Dee Dee started the Mirabel Sisters Foundation and the Mirabel Sisters Museum to continue her sister's legacy. She was the last surviving sister of the family and she died at the age of 88 and said that her life was destined to survive so that she was able to tell their story and tell what happened and how her sisters and her, her whole family really rebelled against the Trujillo regime. After Trujillo's assassination, one of his kind of protégés was the one in power until 1996, and this was President Joaquin Balagar, and he was forced to step down after serving more than two decades and really never spoken about the assassinations. But by 1997, the history curriculum in public schools recognized the Mirabels as national martyrs, and this post-Belaguer era saw a huge increase in the remembrances of the Mirabel sisters and that included an, exhib an exhibition of their belongings at the National Museum of History and Geography in Santo Domingo. And then Didi devoted her life to the legacy of her sisters. She raised their six children and Minerva's daughter, Menua Tavares Mirabel, ended up serving as deputy for the National District in the lower house of the Dominican Congress since 2002 and was deputy foreign minister before that from 1996 to 2000. Didi's son, Jaime David Fernandez Mirabel, was the minister Minister for Environment and National Resources and a former Vice President of the Dominican Republic. Um, so even after her sister's death, like both Didi and her sister's children like continued their legacy. They continued to be really involved politically. And what's really kind of cool is on December 17th, 1999, the United Nations General Assembly designated the November 25th as the International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women in honor of the Mirabal sisters. So since then, there's been tons of now there is actually a website is like a remembrance website called learn to question and on that website the author writes quote no matter how many times trujillo jailed them no matter how much of their property and possessions he seized minerva patria and maria Teresa refused to give up on their mission to restore democracy and civil liberties to the island nation and that is the story of the mirabel sisters at least the more condensed version that i was able to talk about today there is a lot to talk about when it comes to them and really i feel like i only kind of scratched the surface about what they did like this is just kind of a general overview so if you guys know more about the Mirabella sisters or their family or really anything that i missed in this episode please feel free to let me know um, I would love to know what you guys thought of it. These are some people who I'd never really even heard of until I looked on Rejected Princesses and they did a fantastic job really talking about them and giving so much information. So if you guys are interested in reading more about them, I definitely recommend Rejected Princesses. I also recommend um, just looking up on Wikipedia and using some of the sources that they use there. That's always a good like starting point for whenever I'm trying to find out information about new people or new historical figures. That is all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you want to reach out to me and let me know anything I may have missed or just talk about this episode, you can find me at Frumius Reads. That's F-R-U-M-I-O-U-S-R-E-A-D-S. -E and I am on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, basically anywhere and everywhere. Uh, make sure you follow the podcast to listen. Whenever we come out with a new episode, I try and upload at least two episodes a month. So make sure you stay tuned and follow to keep up with that. But that is all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll talk to you next week. Stay spooky, friends. Goodbye.